G'day everyone, this is Anthony Bartolo and I'm excited to be a part of Humans of Telecom. Hey everyone, a very warm welcome to Humans of Telecom, the Unplugged podcast. This is your host Anurag Agarwal, Chief Growth Officer at Globe Teleservices. While the podcast has been around for a while now and thankfully been gaining industry attention, for those dropping by for the first time, this podcast takes you behind the scenes of the fast-paced world of telecom and showcases the human side and inspiring journeys of some of the most well-known individuals within the space. Speaking about journey, our guest today has been a very important part of my journey when I entered the world of telecom. At that time, he was the Chief Product Officer at Tata Communications and I had just embarked on my product journey. But every interaction with this person left me even more fascinated and I always hope that someday I'll get a chance to know him better. So, what better excuse than to have him as our guest today on this podcast and learn so much more about him and how his leadership journey has been over the years. So, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Anthony Bartolo, Chief Operating Officer at Bandwidth. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this journey. We'd love to hear more about you, which part of the world do you belong to, and from where are you joining this podcast today? NRX, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And you never need an excuse to uh, <laughs> to catch up with me and find out about my history. I'm actually sitting here in uh, North Carolina in the United States uh, at the uh, bandwidth offices here, our headquarters. And uh, yeah, it's been a long journey for me, starting from uh, starting originally out of Melbourne, Australia. I would never have dreamt to be sitting halfway around the world, but I found uh, found myself quickly out of university, exactly that, halfway around the world and in many countries in between. Wonderful. So while you make it sound much more simple than it really is, we'd love to hear more about your journey. So you definitely started from Australia, but how has your journey been so far and how did you reach where you are today? While we've crossed paths in Tata Communications, I know that You've done so much before and so much after. So what has Anthony's journey been like? Well, it was really quite a simple journey for me. I mean, telecoms was quite hot in the late 80s and, the you know, with the dawn of telecoms deregulation. And in 1991, when I graduated, I, I did so with uh, engineering degrees, you know, one in electronics and and in digital communications. And the space was in full swing at that time. So for a guy in far-flung Australia, it made the world a much, much smaller and accessible place. So it was a natural field for me. I found myself, you know, I didn't know exactly which company I was going to, to join. Back then, we all joined companies like IBM, which actually did uh, recruit me or was in the process of recruiting me when I, when I also had some offers with a company called Nortel Networks. And Norton Networks was a very, very large company internationally, but in Australia, it just looked like a small company or like a small startup that was well-funded and it was a bit of a family atmosphere. So it was a very natural decision to join Norton Networks. And, and, they, and then from there, I just ended up moving to many, many other countries and uh, just enjoying a great, great career. And yeah, I guess we'll talk about that as we go through, go through the session, but I tell you what, when I look back, I, I don't recall any regrets. You know, I think everything that we go through in our careers is done for a particular reason. And 
if you hold yourself to certain principles and uh, treat people just like you want to be treated, you end up with many, many more friends and colleagues than you ever anticipated having. And the industry has been good to me. And I'd like to think that I've contributed to the industry too. Absolutely, Anthony. And I think uh, along with friends, many admirers also, I must add to that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, Anthony, uh, you mentioned about IBM and Nortel. And I know for a fact that you've been with the Tata Group for a long time. You've been with Avaya and now you're with Bandwidth. So throughout this long journey of yours, if I ask you for one or two most significant or impactful moments, which have been like a turning point or, you know, they've really made a mark on Anthony's journey. Which would those points be? Oh, that's a great question. There's been many, but if I go back to the one that started it all, actually, I'll go back to two that started all. The first was, I recall just dovetailing off my original answer. I remember sitting in my car just graduating and... It was a beautiful summer's day um, evening and the sun was setting in Melbourne and, you know, I'd finished all my exams. I, you know, I knew I was graduating from uh, uh, my degree and I remember verbally saying, you know, some of these times you say these things out aloud, I said, I will never leave this place. This is the most beautiful place on earth. And that's where I was. I was driving through the streets of Melbourne and I actually felt that way. Not two months later was I on a plane to Canada to spend the next year of year of my life and I and I hadn't gone back to Australia since well I have gone back but I hadn't gone back for any length of time so I, I find that um, if you can put, you don't know how big the world is until you start to experience it a little bit and uh, I think that was a really pivotal moment for me it just opened my up my mind that uh, there were many many other things out there and then and then I think the biggest career uh, impact was where all others dovetailed off was leaving Nortel Networks. I'd spent 12, 12, 13 years at Nortel Networks as a new grad. And I started as a graduate and I loved it. And I thought I was going to retire there. Once again, you go into something with these thoughts long term, much like sitting in my vehicle on that, that, uh, that warm summer's evening with a preconceived view of where you'd be in 20 years and you find that life sort of changes that. Likewise with Nortel, I thought I was going to retire there. Those were the days or the edges of what I call the gold watch period where people left an organization when they retired, they got a gold watch after a 30-year career. Well, another opportunity had presented itself and I I allowed myself to entertain it. And at that point, when I actually did make that, that jump, I lost the fear of, of leaving uh, something. And I lost that fear forever. And I learned how new things were only there if you exposed yourself to those new things. And it, in that case, it exposed me to the full potential of my career. I, I really, It really was a difficult thing to leave a company like Nortel at the time. They're at the height of their powers. I was recruited by a company called Symbol Technologies, which was eventually acquired by Motorola. And I got, you know, in that transition, I got to run my own business. I got to do all those things that I really wanted to do. And I didn't really look back. But I also, I didn't lose Nortel, but I did lose my fear of of making such a transition. I think that's a big deal. 
And the reason why I refer to that, because that led to many other memorable and significant things after that. However, none of those would have occurred if I didn't cross that personal chasm as a young leader to take on new horizons and start from the beginning at another entity or industry. Well, uh, I think that's also fascinating, uh, Anthony. I, I can say two things that for the first part where, you know, you, you almost sort of pledged that you will not leave your country and you left, I guess the typical saying as it goes, uh, never say never. So, you know, exactly. that's exactly what happens. And for the second part, you know, I, I agree. It's so true that we always have these plans. And, you know, uh, I must tell, make an honest confession. When I joined the Tata group, as in when I joined Tata Communications, I joined it simply because for the first time ever, I was getting a chance to go uh, so far on the Western side of the world. So I'd never been to Europe. I'd never been to Americas. And uh, as you'd know very well, our Montreal office. So when I joined, uh, I was asked that you'll have to go in and report into your manager for a couple of weeks in Montreal before you can come back to uh, the country, back to India. So I remember just from that perspective, that was the reason I joined. And I said, okay, maybe I'll spend some time, maybe a year or two. And I think by that time, my days in telecom will be numbered and I'll be out from there. And I think, uh, lo and behold, it's going to be 10 years now and I'm still very much here. So I can totally get that. You know, we make plans and then things just take their own. Life happens, basically. <laughs> Absolutely does. And uh, and you got to live a life with no regrets at the end of the day. And I think you'll find that hopefully... As, as I have, I've made many more friends and colleagues that to this day, not working at, at the same companies, but I could visit them in any of their home countries and it would be welcoming and it would be, we would share a lot of memories. So, you know, that's, that's a great career. I wouldn't think of any other. Absolutely. I think the human connections which we make in this journey, uh, they really go, uh, they go along a far way. And that exactly brings us to the next section where we talk more about the human side of Anthony. So, while we've understood a bit about your career, we now talk more specifically about Anthony. So, Anthony, you are quite well known in the industry. And as you said that, you know, even the companies which you've left, so many friends and colleagues know you. But if today for our listeners, if we'd like to know something shocking or unheard of about Anthony, what would that be? Um, well, uh, this may be shocking to some. I was the attending physician at the birth of our second child this was <laughs> this was not planned uh but it happened at home unexpectedly unexpectedly it just happened and uh it was a great outcome and a fantastic memory uh i think a lot of people i find are surprised when they hear that because they i think we instantly teleport ourselves into that situation and uh wonder how and what we did but you'll be surprised You'd be surprised at your natural instincts and your primal instincts that actually get you through some of the most uh, most uh, <laughs> unorthodox or what we consider unorthodox in today's day and age uh, situations. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something <laughs> of interest to many. That is quite interesting. I think it uh, firstly takes you back. I think I don't know when when was this a very common action. I think that this used to happen quite regularly up till I think at least the 18th century or till yeah, early 19th. probably, probably. <laughs> but fortunately, in my case, the survival rate is way, way better than it was in the 18th and 19th century. And, and in which country were you at that time? I was in um, California, in the US, in California, at our home in Saratoga. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, the, 
we expected a child to come, of course. Uh, the, the, I think there's a, the, thank God, gestation periods are nine months, so it gives you nine months to prepare. But uh, the, when the moment of truth came, we were on our own in the house. And uh, uh, funnily enough, uh, the child was born, it was my daughter, and she was born on April the 1st. And uh, the, so when I called 911, the guy I don't think the guy believed me that, uh, <laughs> that it occurred. Okay. So I spent, I think I spent more time convincing the guy that a baby is born and is fine uh, and uh, nursing on its mother uh, than, uh, than I did actually doing the busy work at uh, <laughs> catching oh, the thing. So, yeah, it was uh, a much, much longer story. But once again, a great outcome and a fantastic memory. <laughs> this is really quite something. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and uh, Anthony, uh, while we understand that work would be keeping you quite busy, but I'm sure that I remember once that uh, I visited your place in Singapore and I remember that uh, we were having a good barbecue evening out there. So I'm guessing cooking might be one of the things. But my question is that what exactly do you do to recharge yourself? What are your passions? It's a, good, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I tend to do things that take my mind off the complexities of the businesses that I run. I mean, you could, I love my work and I, you know, throw myself into things. So I tend to find myself doing things like I fix things. I keep, it keeps my mind off the day job. So I like using my hands. I could be a plumber or a mechanic or a handyman as an alternative life. And uh, so I, I find myself always doing something. Rarely am I sitting still. I do listen to podcasts, but I listen to things. I mean, I like listening to podcasts. I listen to things that make me think or make me laugh. So it's thinkers or comedians. And I find comedians are thinkers. And uh, they're just packaging the world in a way that is familiar to us and makes us laugh. But it also makes us think of the intricacy. So I tend to, uh, to do those. That keeps my mind off uh, certain things that allow me to recharge. And then, you know, I can attack a problem back in the, uh, back when I'm in the office mode uh, another time. My passion, I, I think my passion, you know, is quite primal. It's my family. I mean, I grew up having a very loving, but a very, a very loving family, but it was a very modest environment compared to the ones that my, my kids enjoy today. So I'm on that elusive quest to please my kids, right? And it's when you have three kids, it's really tough to get them all happy at, <laughs> at the same time or all interested at the same time. But that process is really to guide and prepare them for the challenges in life that, that are basically hidden, hidden from them today. And uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like that is an elusive task. And because it's elusive, it's a bit of a challenge for me. But that's my passion. I mean, I look forward. I would. I look forward to the day when, um, when they're guiding me versus me guiding them. To be perfectly honest. Wonderful, and I think it's always good to have a passion which is elusive in nature because I think once you manage to get hold of it, then I think you start wondering what next. So I think it's always good to have something <laughs> yeah. that's elusive. <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound much different from a career if you really think about it. We're always. <laughs> I find a lot of people that I'm mentor tend to tend to also want that next level and next level, and they usually they're operating at that level before they actually formally get that next level. And it's and you find that it's never enough. 
I find that most of the time you're counseling people and you find that it's never enough for them. So, um, yeah, life's a fantastic journey. You just got to let it come to you. Absolutely. That's very well said that life is fantastic and you just need to let it come to you. So on that note, uh, Anthony, uh, now we shall be playing two games. The first one is that I'm going to be putting up five words to you. And as we say always to our guests that be spontaneous, be human. So the first thought that comes to your mind, we'd love to hear that. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Exactly. I was going to say you're always ready. <laughs> All right. The first one is uh, telecom. Uh, an enabler. It's, um, it creates a smaller accessible world. All right. Motivation. Independence of thought, competition, making a point. I find that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think nothing like competition to motivate you or to prove a point. Wonderful. The third one, while you've spoken about it, family. Yeah. Yeah, family. Uh, my raison d'etre. It's uh, my source of greatest happiness and worries, <laughs> but always the most lasting of memories. Wonderful. And the other side of the same coin, career. Uh, a journey. I guess a journey of self-discovery, of learning, growth and impact, continuously improving. Awesome. And finally, uh, something you already touched upon, a podcast. Uh, good one. Um, source of learning, discovery again, an open format, not restricted by time or bureaucracy. Real news. Real news. Yeah. Yep. I think you got it right. And I think it really democratizes the entire communication process. So I, I personally find it amazing. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I think I use the word bureaucracy, right? I mean, I just feel like the absence of that bureaucracy or somebody effectively producing your content, but it actually naturally comes amongst those who are participating in the podcast is really, really powerful. I mean, right. no one's telling you what to say or how to say it or censoring you or restricting your uh, your field of vision. I think that's a really powerful thing. And I'm, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love it. Right. And since you mentioned about comedians, so many of them use this format as well to convey their message. And often those messages do have a deeper meaning to it than just the comedy. So I think, yes, this does act as a fantastic medium for that also. Great. All right. Uh, and the next game that we played, it's a very interesting one. So I'm going to ask you to tell us three statements. The expectation is, Anthony, that they should be quite exotic and wild and something which makes <laughs> them all look unbelievable. And at the same time, I think when it comes to you, I'd like to believe all of them are possibly truths. But uh, two of them have to be truths. One of them has to be a lie. And I'll try my best to guess which one is a lie. So would you have three such statements for us? Uh, yeah, I think I can manufacture three statements. All right. All right. Um, I'm a European citizen. I was a plumber. <laughs> and I, when I retire, I plan on sailing a boat for a year. <laughs> So, Anthony, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the last one is the truth. I'd, I'm sure you'd love to sail on a boat. I'm sure you might want to do it mid-career also. So, I think that's, I'm going to say that's the truth. 
I have a strong feeling there is an interesting story about you being a plumber. So I'm going to believe that you've been a plumber also. And I'll take my shot, assuming that you are an American citizen now. Maybe not an Australian uh, anymore. Uh, by birth, you are Australian, but maybe you are now an American citizen. So I'll say that the first one is a lie and the second and third are truths. So am I right? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a European citizen uh, and I am an Australian an Australian citizen. I'm both. Um, right. My parents are originally from a country uh, called Malta, which is a very, very small island of 400,000 right. people uh, just off the heel of uh, Italy. And I was a plumber uh, okay. or an apprentice, uh, apprentice plumber. That's uh, helped me put me through university. And I am not going to sail a boat around the, <laughs> around for a year i think it's too small an environment for me to uh to operate in but i have thought about it but don't plan on doing it wonderful i i somehow actually picturized anthony i actually thought that you know you might just take the tom sawyer route and you know anthony is off uh, around the world in 80 days after he retires <laughs> yeah it's a it's a very romantic thought And then I, I'm afflicted with the practicalities of life. I tend right. to take a thought and I draw it out over the arc of time and work out what the realities are, right? Like what are the things that are going to support it being successful or not successful? And uh, I think we have life upside down. I think we should give our first part of our lives when our bodies are healthy and uh, we can take all the distractions. We think we give them to the family. And then if you take the back part of your life when your your bodies really don't want to move around a lot you can put a hundred percent into work i think if we did it that way we'd probably get more everyone would get more out of life but we tend to envisage our retirement in our current bodies but often find that it's not up to the task that, uh, that you if you wanted to climb machu picchu and uh you know in my if i had a 75 year old body at the time i'm not so sure that's a wise move <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But I can still believe it would have been, uh, you're right, it does look like a very fascinating portrait to picture. <laughs> I would love to do it. Would love to do it. All right. All right. So uh, moving on, uh, the final question of the section. So while you've told so much about your interests, by any chance would reading or watching a, a particular movie or some TV series, would you have something which is a favorite? Uh, yeah couple of favorites for sure. I think we all have. I'm not one to be able to recite details in movies, etc., which I think some of our former colleagues were experts at, but there are some that are memorable for me, without a doubt. Okay. And if there is any one which you'd like to share with us, uh, what would that be? Well, from a book perspective, I think one of my favorite books is a book called Factfulness, written by Hans Rosling. He was a... Uh, a doctor and a researcher. It's a really hopeful book. It shows us why we are wrong about the world and it shows that things are better than we actually think. So it's actually quite hopeful. So I, I, I really like that book and it's grounded in facts, hence the title, Factfulness. So I've always liked that book. Um, movies, uh, lots of good movies. One of my favorites is Risky Business. <laughs> I just think it's a great, a great movie. Interesting. So I guess uh, that's a good recommendation, both for a book and a movie. And I'm sure many of our listeners will check them out. Wonderful. 
All right. And with that, uh, Anthony, uh, it's been a very fascinating conversation so far. But we come now to our sign-off section and two quick questions here. The first one is that uh, in, if anybody wants to know more about you and wants to have a conversation with you, firstly, what's the best way to reach out to you? And I've not seen you personally at many conferences. So if somebody wants to meet you, are there any conferences which you would be attending in the coming weeks or months? Uh, sure. Usually the conferences I attend is um, Enterprise Connect. Uh, Enterprise Connect is an event that's held on an annual basis and usually in the first quarter of, of each year, um, COVID, COVID permitting. Uh, but I took a bit of a hiatus for a little while. But yeah, um, Enterprise Connect is something where the industry sort of meets a lot at. The other are, and I tend to attend investor conferences for the most part these days. So I've got... Um, uh, the Key Bank and Concord uh, conferences coming up in the next couple of months. So yeah, there uh, that tends tends to be the predictable conferences that I would I would attend. Otherwise, it's visiting customers and my teams around the world. So that's that's my that's my movements. And people often reach out on either on um, on LinkedIn or or WhatsApp if they've known me personally. All right, and uh, our final question, which is a signature question. What does being human mean to you? What sort of a human being would you want the world to remember you as? Ah, um, well, I, I guess firstly, being human to me is to be conscious and, you know, intelligent with a moral standing of what's right and wrong in any given situation. Uh, to be able to laugh at situations yourself and or others, uh, to express emotions, have an honest opinion and to appreciate others. I think you have to have a, a, at least some modicum of a desire to make the to leave the world in a better place. I think that's the fundamentals of being human to me. You know, the sort of human being I'd want the world to remember me as. I, I, I think for me, any human who's met me, I, I'd like them to be able to openly say that they were proud to have known me as either a friend, a colleague, a sibling, a husband, and most importantly, as a father. Yep. And in my case, uh, as a as a leader. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, that's a fair point, Anthony. And I think you are working wonderfully towards maintaining that thought. And uh, on that note, I wish you all the very best. It's been a fantastic conversation. And you're right. I Maybe I didn't need to wait so far. And I could have actually come up to you and had this conversation. But I think then so many listeners would have missed out on so many interesting stories and fun facts about Anthony Bartolo. So I understand that you have so much moving around you and still you took out time. So thank you so much. And I do hope our paths cross sometime and we get to meet as well. Thanks, Anarak. And, uh, you know, through the podcast, I think you are leaving the world just a little bit in a better place, which is awesome. <laughs> well, I'm definitely trying whatever bit I can from my side, Anthony, but Thank you so much for those wonderful words of encouragement. I think they'll go a long way into keeping this podcast going strong. And to all our wonderful listeners here, thanks a lot as always for tuning into the show. We hope this episode gave you a good glimpse of the human side of Anthony Bartolo. Born in Australia, thinking he won't move out, but has now traveled and lived the world over. Thought he had found his perfect retirement company, but has since moved around and brought so much value to so many organizations someone who cherishes every moment with his family and is on his elusive quest to keep them always happy. And finally, 
someone who's constantly striving to build meaningful connections with his friends and colleagues as he moves ahead in his journey. That for us is Anthony Bartolo. So, if you enjoyed today's episode, do stay tuned in because we shall soon be releasing yet another episode and another compelling story from the telecom space. And do follow the podcast on your preferred streaming channel. On behalf of Humans of Telecom, this is your host Anurag Agarwal signing off for now. Take care.